Before we start today's episode, I want to give a quick shout out to Zencaster, which is a podcaster's best friend. Trust me when I tell you this, Zencaster is like the Shopify for podcasters. It's all you need to get up and running as a podcaster. And the best thing about Zencaster is that you get so much stuff for free. If you are planning to check out the platform, then please show your support for the Founder Thesis podcast by using this link, zen.ai slash founder thesis. That's zen.ai slash founder thesis. Hey, Akshay, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. This is Abhishek here. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Plum. Wait a minute, stop. Let's go. Let's go. This could be a great intro. One of the major impacts of COVID on the startup world has been an increasing focus on health. The ripple effect of this is that companies are increasingly looking at health and wellness of employees as a must-have rather than a good-to-have. And this was the opportunity that Abhishek spotted. Abhishek Poddar is an IIT alumnus who worked with McKinsey as a consultant for two years before going to Stanford for getting an MBA. He actually started his first venture while still studying at Stanford and... Though this venture did not scale, it gave him invaluable insights into entrepreneurship. Abhishek's previous learning has helped him launch and scale up Plum at an amazing pace, making it the leader in the increasingly crowded space of employee health and wellness services. And their leadership is further validated by the $15 million round of funding led by Tiger Global. Here's Abhishek telling Akshay Dutt about his journey of building Plum. We started talking to organizations saying, what is the core problem when you think of people's success? We started with very general problems and with a very open mind. And in that journey of around five to six months, before starting Lam, we spent almost five to six months just talking to customers. And we have met, I think, 100 plus customers. Think of these as HR leaders and the founders. Doing that discovery of what are the problems. And that's how we discovered this problem of health insurance and health benefits. And how broken this is for companies of all sizes. And that's when we started talking to some of the industry people as well. So for example, we flew to Bombay and started meeting the veterans in the insurance industry. And I think most of the times the answer was, hey, don't build it. And hey, that's good actually. These guys are not even thinking about this as an opportunity. So there is something that uh, we can truly build here. So that was that was our six months of discovery. But why why was health insurance broken? Uh, why was health insurance broken? So uh, we we have we had three deep beliefs. So one is that we are going through a fundamental shift in terms of health insurance and healthcare in general in India, and multiple reasons. Uh, if you look at the kind of inflation of healthcare, it's almost two to three times of rest of the inflation, which is making healthcare really unaffordable for people. If you see the number of new diseases that are coming up, the number of new treatments that are coming up, it is exponentially rising. And each of the cost of the treatments are actually becoming more and more unaffordable. These now runs in 5 lakh, 10 lakh, 15 lakhs, where people have to take a decision that they didn't want, right? Which is not getting admitted into a hospital and they having a adverse outcome out of that particular spot, right? So what and and then COVID is a is a great example, but though COVID, I mean we didn't when we started, COVID didn't exist. But uh, if you now if let's say if you have interviewed people two years ago versus now, you would see almost a 10x increase in awareness of people about health insurance. 
So we strongly believe that India will reach a place where everyone will have health insurance in India. Very similar to countries like US or countries in Europe or a lot of Asian countries. It's a matter of, it's a question of how soon it will happen, whether it will happen in 10 years or 15 years, that can be debated. But it will happen. The question is not whether it will happen or not. That was our first thesis, which is, hey, this is a very large opportunity that is happening. Our number two thesis is that we are not a rich country where every single person in India will be able to afford health insurance on their own. Most 10% of the people will be able to buy health insurance on their phone because of how our per capita income is and how expensive health insurance is. 100% is a huge number, right? 10% means 150 million people. Then we have close to 500 million people who will get health insurance from the government because government has taken a very ambitious target of sponsoring through Ayushman Bharat kind of schemes up to 400 million people. And I sincerely hope that we reach that state as well. Then what really happens to this middle India who cannot afford on their own and where the government is also not help, helping, right? This 700 to 800 million people. But if you look back at how each of these countries where you see 100% penetration has happened, how each of these countries have evolved over time, you will see one common trend, which is the health insurance penetration has happened only because of employer-sponsored health insurance or government-sponsored health insurance. It has never happened because of retail health insurance. And India is going on that similar path. Right now, if you look at the numbers, the employer-sponsored health insurance covers almost three times the people compared to a retail health insurance. Employer-sponsored health insurance is going at around 23-24% year-on-year compared to retail, which is at 11-12%, to 12%, right? So we are already on that path, but we actually see much faster adoption in the next decade where we can see up to 700-800 to 800 billion people getting covered through the employers. And when I say covered through the employers, think of 150, 200 million employees getting covered and then each employee having four to five family members getting covered, right? So that's how we reach at that state. So that's our second thesis, which is employer-sponsored health insurance will be the biggest driver of this adoption. And third thesis was, if you look back of the last 20 years in India since employer-sponsored health insurance started in India, it has remained almost the same in the last 20 years. We have seen a lot of innovation on the retail health insurance, be it policy bazaar on how to make distribution really cost-effective, be it star health in terms of how to build very large network and make health insurance more affordable for the retail, and then digits and echoes of the world in terms of how to provide a great post-purchase policy experience. But all of these have been very restricted to the retail segment, but the larger opportunity is the employer segment, where imagine before Plum, if you are a 10-people company, you wouldn't even get a health insurance. The accessibility was a challenge. Unless you are a company with thousands of employees, you wouldn't get health insurance. And there are structural reasons of why that was happening as well, and I can go into those structural reasons, but the biggest problem was accessibility. The other problem was affordability. The health insurance, and especially the employer health insurance, didn't have any concept of MRP. So the insurers would charge whatever they want, however they want. To two similar companies, they may charge one company 1x and the other company 2x. There was no transparency. Yeah, they would take some data from you, like uh, age of employees and dependents and stuff like that, and then give you a customized quote. 
and they will give you a customized quote and that quote may be almost 2x of what the real quote is and that's the challenge which is because there is no transparency it's left to the buyer to go and negotiate how well you are able to negotiate compared to retail retail is a very regulated product retail health insurance you need to set a price and get it approved by the regulator which is IRDA and that's when you can sell and if a product has been approved for let's say 5000 rupees no matter where you buy it from you buy it directly from the insurer or from policy bazaar or from a agent next to you you will get it at 5000 rupees you won't get it for 6000 or you will be able to get it for 4000 rupees but employer insurance doesn't have that concept so there was no transparency and affordability of the product and then the third one was even for the larger companies that were investing a lot on employee insurance, they didn't have any post-purchase experience. So the employees never really understood what they were getting. Their employees had a horrible experience when they were at the hospital trying to use the insurance. And the HR or the admin who's using or managing the insurance had a very, very tough time in terms of... It's a very manual process. Like you have, to, you have to call your HR and say, I need to use it. And then he'll call... Some Correct. PPA or someone, huh, right? And, and the HR in the process became a support desk. We have seen so many companies where now the HR teams have to have one or two people that they have to hire just to manage insurance. Imagine that kind of experience, right? So these problems existed across the life cycle from purchase to employee experience to the administration experience. When we thought of this experience, we thought of not just insurance, but the broader problem of employee health, right? Why the HRs do it? Because they really want to take care of the health and insurance is one of the means to achieving that outcome. So the goal was how do we help the organizations, be it the founders or the HR leaders, deliver better health for the employees and their families. And there was the, that's the whole vision of Plum as well. Okay, uh, I uh, understand the access problem, like small organizations did not get access. Definitely that is there. And definitely the employee experience is also broken. But like, you know, to solve this, did you envision getting an insurance license and all of that or becoming like a insurance, like a digital insurance broker? Yeah, so technically we are, we are a broker. But what we do is we go very deep with our insurance partners to go and build these custom insurance products at custom pricing. So think of us collecting a lot of data to understand the needs of the customers, to go and figure out what kind of risk exists and what is the right pricing and then working with the insurance manufacturer slash the underwriter, think of ICIC Lombard or New India, to say, hey, this is the price at which we should sell this product. And this is the group at which we should sell the product. So for example, an ICSA Lombard would never sell a product to a 10 employee company before. And now they are selling product to even 10 employee company because they have been able to build that kind of confidence that if this is a customer that is coming via Plum, uh, Plum has done the right amount of underwriting and fraud check and validation that uh, this is a healthier portfolio uh, or a healthier risk that I am underwriting. And how do you achieve that? The underwriting part of it? I mean, that that seems to be the, the pivot around which the whole business revolves, like being able to do underwriting well. Yeah, so see, core of the under... See, what is underwriting? Underwriting is essentially a set of rules that you 
understand over a period of time that hey, if it's a group of ten uh, people uh, that is coming to you for taking a health insurance, and this group wants cover from day one without any waiting period, I want to make sure that no, this group is not taking insurance because they are going to get it. They are sitting one one of these ten people is standing right outside the hospital and will get hit the very next day, right? What had happened in the retail health insurance is they have taken care of this problem by saying, "Hey, we will put a four-year waiting period. That if you have any pre-existing disease, that won't be covered for the first four years." In the group product, that waiting period never exists, and hence this is a very critical risk for you to figure out, right? So we had to build certain rules in our system to figure out, "Hey, is there any amount of selection that is happening in the group? That hey, if a group is taking insurance with one person." Of ten lakh cover and other nine people with one lakh cover, that means there is a higher propensity of this one person getting admitted the very next day. This is one simple rule that I'm telling you, right? And there is no rocket science. These kind of rules existed before Plum. This kind of understanding existed before Plum. The difference is, it was it was all in the head of underwriters and. Uh, Akshay, you mentioned how the pricing worked, right? You would send a data to the insurance company, and then maybe after a week or two weeks, someone will send you a quote. Why that was happening was because it was waiting for an underwriter to look at the data and say, "Hey, this is a risk worth taking or not, and if it is worth taking, what is the right price?" What we are doing is we are just taking those rules that someone already that and putting that into code. How do you automate ninety nine percent of What has already been learned and what is already happening in a manual way, so that now as an insurance company, now I don't have to wait for weeks or months for some underwriter to have bandwidth to look at their data. And number two, now I can serve companies even as small as five employees or ten employees because I really don't have any operational cost of serving this company, additional operational cost of serving this company, right? I have to put the same amount of effort to underwrite a 10,000 people company as I would have to put a 10 people company. A traditional insurance company would look at it in a very different way, right? Which is they would have these hundreds of requests for pricing and they would obviously prioritize a 10,000 people company over a 10 people company and hence they said, hey, I don't want to look at smaller companies because it's not worth my underwriter's time. <laughs> right there's a fixed cost for each request they evaluate and they want to optimize so yeah. what is the onboarding journey for a corporate uh, which signs up with you how, how do they i mean what kind of data do you need from them how does that whole approval process happen yeah so it's actually quite simple as a company you can actually just go to plumhq.com you give some basic information about your organization for us to do the validation and then you go and build your own insurance program that you really want this entire process will take you around 2 to 3 minutes and you'll be able to build a custom plan and get a real time pricing because this is all via algorithm don't you need the data of all employees or stuff like that like like we that do, we do. so what we do is we give an estimate based on certain assumption of the employees that you would have given right so what we ask for say give me some estimate of the average age etc you put that estimate and we give you an estimate let's say we give you an estimate that hey based on this estimate it's a 1 lakh rupee insurance plan and there will be a 10 to 20% deviation and then as a next step you go and upload your data 
uh, and you will upload that data of employees with their date of birth and their names. And we will quickly do the validations that we have internally. And we say, hey, this one lakh has now increased to one lakh two thousand, or may have decreased to ninety five thousand. So then it's a binding code rather than a nest. And then you go and make a payment, and your policy policy gets issued. Tell me how you. converted this thesis into an actual product like how did you get the product off the ground because this is like a it's a product which needs a lot of buy in like you need insurance company buy in because i am assuming you wanted to sell very tailored products solving corporate problems so why would an insurance company give you a buy in when you are I mean, you know, it, it, it's not like you're a large company going to them. So, so how did you navigate getting the product off the ground? No, absolutely. So, uh, see, there are three kinds of users that we are serving in a way. There is a employer who is buying the product. There is the employee and her family that is using the product, and then there is insurance companies and other healthcare providers that are serving on our platform. and what we did when we started or before we started plum was we met hundreds of these different kinds of users including the hr leaders and the founders of companies to figure out hey is there a genuine problem that we are trying to solve right we didn't want to solve something that didn't exist as a problem and the goal was very simple one was to understand the problem and two to get a sign off from early customers that hey if i build a product you have to be my first user of the product and the ask was very simple ki boss if i give you this product today are you giving me a check are you swiping a credit card otherwise it's all very conceptual all of these people are friends and they'll be nice to you saying hey yeah yeah, yeah go and build it and we'll pick. but our ask was very simple hey assume i have this today swipe your credit card and there was a validation of what we were trying to solve and it gave us good inputs on how to solve it as well and same from an employee perspective that what are the challenges that employees are facing what we did was we took all of this to build our understanding of the problem and the scope of the problem and then we flew to bombay which is where all the insurance companies are located both saurabh and i flew to bombay and met a lot of these larger insurance companies to figure out hey why no one is really solving it and what was interesting to them was two things one they all knew that there is an opportunity and they all wanted to go after this opportunity but they didn't know how to go after this opportunity they wanted to go after this segment of small to medium sized organizations of 10 employees to 500 employees and in the last 5 years they've all they were all talking about this in their pitch deck or not the pitch deck sorry the the company annual strategy deck that hey we have to go after the sme market we have to go out of the sme market but year after year there was no results they were all still serving the very large corporates and when they heard it from us on how right that's what excited them that hey there is someone who really understands this market and has a plan to go and address that market and we started showing them hey this is how the product is shaping up right we had to do a lot of storytelling because we didn't have any customer at that point in time right it was a lot of storytelling and i think as a founder 
90% of the job is to just tell stories to customers to partners to potential team members who will join you in that mission and i think that's what worked uh, with these partners as well that we were lucky to get some of these companies to be excited about that shared vision that we have they were excited to share that common vision but it wasn't easy we took uh, to get the first insurance company it took almost 6 months wow to get the which company, company was it this was ics lombard okay. this was ics lombard and they're the most forward looking companies of all the companies in india in in, in the insurance space and we have been uh, a great i mean it's been a great partnership since then but it took us 3 months to get the second partner it took us 1 month to get the third partner and now we are in a stage where everyone every insurance company are trying to get into plum it's the other way around right but i think that's the nature of this business as well right the same thing applies in new banking or fintech if you talk to a lot of founders it takes a lot of time to convince a banking partner to come and work but once you start once you have built it once you have early traction and once you start scaling then every partner every bank will come to you and say hey, i want to be that partner for you mm-hmm. but how did you even get into the room with the right people i'm assuming this would be like a cxo level discussion right like a lot of this was hustle but not everything was cxo level right a lot of these were just going bottom up finding out from our network whoever possible within these companies and then going one i mean going up one meeting at a time and some of these were also cxo level discussions because we were able to find connect from our past lives torab comes from a lot of startup background my mckinsey network helped a lot a lot of people from mckinsey end up being leaders at these fintech or insurance companies so that was very helpful i think when you are being when you are a founder you have to do everything you have to just hustle right there is no single answer it was just hustle <laughs> we used whatever network we had and tried we, we carpet bombed <laughs> <laughs> you hit the street basically okay and like what was the first product that you launched with icicl obart and, and like how, what was the product range that you started with then yeah so the very first product was a a uh, corporate health insurance product is just health insurance and the problem that we were solving was before plum the health insurance as a product was available in general to companies of hundreds or more members hundred or more members some companies used to offer it to companies of 50 or more members our very first thing was we will launch a product that is available to companies of 10 or more members and we specifically targeted 10 to 100 member companies that hey this is a market that no one is addressing we convinced our partner to build a product for that segment and figure out a pricing for that segment and we went aggressively after that segment and for us it was a market that was never ever served and they were all like hey we finally have a way to set up employee health insurance through club Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, h- how did you do initial customer acquisition like getting those first 10 or first 50 customers in yeah network and carpet bombing again uh so yeah the first first 15 20 customers came from those interviews that we had done before even starting plum 
they had all said, yeah, we will use Plum as soon as this exists and they all signed up. We extensively reached out to everyone in our network, all the founders, like including my own previous co-founder from Renzeal, who is building a company called Shifu. Gaurav reached out to all his peers at Freshworks who had left Freshworks to build companies, factors.ai, etc. And there's a lot of entrepreneurs who are ex-Freshworks. I think the first 50 customers would be from our own personal network. There was nothing. There was no nothing else. There was no marketing, etc. It was just reaching out to our network and doing carpet bombing. And then for us, it was critical that these customers have a great experience. The we have right now, we have more than 1000 companies that are using Plum. And 83% of these companies have come directly to Plum without any marketing campaign, etc. They have come, they have directly come to PlumHQ.com. They will open up the URL and sign up or they will reach out to us over email or WhatsApp, etc. Because they've heard about Plum from some other founder or HR leader or finance leader or some other employee. And for us, that level of trust that we were able to build in our existing customers that got them to recommend Plum to everyone else was a sign that, hey, we are building something. Uh, we are solving some genuine problem here that people are uh, talking about Plum, right? I'll give you an example. Yesterday, yesterday evening, when I was driving back home, got a call from one of our very large customers. And uh, she said, hey, I am going to get you four customers that are larger than me. In the next three months, I know these companies have policies that are going to expire and I'm going to get you these four customers. Wow. Right. Okay. Did you like build a self-onboarding platform and, and then start doing it? Or did you initially like do more manual onboarding for customers or, you know, like when you launched? Yeah. What, like, what how did the apartment product evolve? Like that's yeah, what, what manuals to start with, right? And uh, hmm. we, we followed the classic model of MVP that we talk about a lot. When we launched, we didn't have anything. <laughs> the product didn't have anything. We were just going and we figured out an insurance product that didn't exist and we started selling them. There was no tech product on which you can sign up and figure out and uh, do a self-onboarding. The first 10, 15 customers were like that. We learned from them and figured out, hey, how what are people buying and how are people buying? So our very first launch was, hey, we will now build a buying experience where people, where customers can go and figure out what they want to, what kind of insurance plan they want, and they can get a real-time pricing. And that was the very first in the industry. I think globally, it was the very first time in the industry that we had made corporate health insurance pricing transparent and real-time. The way retail health insurance pricing exists right now, the corporate health insurance pricing was never available real-time and in a transparent manner. And we were the first ones to do it. And then we started seeing people signing up on their own and uh, the purchase didn't happen completely online. We had this very ambitious vision and with that vision still exists, but we had this ambitious vision that hey, we will move this industry from 0% product driven, 100% people driven sales process to a 100% product driven, 0% people driven. 
what you realize that it will take a longer period of time for that transition to happen and it's not just plum that can push that transition it just a matter of time as well people need to get real trust over online buying process for them to completely move online what we have achieved so far is probably a 60% product driven 40% people driven purchase process right but we are on that path and over the next maybe a year or so that will become 80 20 and maybe over next 5 years it will become 100 0 but we will get there so our second product then was hey how employees understand and use their insurance so we launched an employee app which made it really easy for even a 15 year old person to go and understand a complicated insurance that used to be a 30 page policy document to understand it on one screen of their mobile If you like to hear stories of founders then we have tons of great stories from entrepreneurs who have built billion dollar businesses just search for the founder thesis podcast on any audio streaming app like Spotify Ghana Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the show Okay how, how did you achieve that like like in terms of simplifying it like it's a it like- language it's a usage of words right see what happened in insurance is people have spent decades or actually centuries to figure out all the edge cases that can happen in insurance and they built the insurance policy document to address all of those edge cases right that they i will pay you 5 lakh some insured but these are 50 reasons why i won't pay you because these were the 50 things that they had found in the last 100 years where they shouldn't pay right and these 50 things may actually be very exceptions right why do you want to complicate the policy right then that's one example the other complication is the words that you choose right to convey the same thing right if you're saying hey i will hey this is a 5 lakh sum insured policy right because that is the technical word that industry has figured out right you can convey the same thing that hey i will cover up to 5 lakh of your hospital expenses right someone who has never been in the insurance world they would have a very hard time understanding what does 5 lakh sum insured really mean versus the second sentence that says hey i will cover up to 5 lakh if you visit a hospital so just looking at things from a very first principle and that's where we had the advantage because we didn't understand anything about insurance we were the customers of that product in a way when we were looking at terms if we didn't understand it the assumption is our customers also won't understand it which means this is a problem that we need to solve and hence we should write it in a way that i should understand right this mm-hmm. mm-hmm. is not from insurance right so that you, you had that uh, outsiders perspective that that benefit of being an outsider correct 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 and and most of the team most of our team members are outsiders to the industry and we follow that very very strongly it's a principle that we follow that the team has to be 80% plus outside the industry hmm. okay so uh, this was the second product you built uh, that like uh, what next in the yeah. product then, journey the third product was the claims experience how people can how how employees and their family members can claim when they are at the hospital or after their hospital experience right so there our understanding was hey people have to send people have to really write down fill the form 
a very complicated form, collect all the physical receipts, send it through a blue dart to the insurance company, track that blue dart to make sure that it has really reached, get a confirmation that people have received it. And then the insurance company will read it and say, these are missing documents. You again send another blue dart. And then maybe once you have done these three and four back and forths, then you will hear that hey, out of one lakh claim, 80,000 is approved. And then a week later, you will get that money in your bank. Our simple question was, hey, why do we need to send all of these documents in physical, right? Why can't I just scan these documents and upload it somewhere? Why do I need to fill up these complicated forms, right? Why can't I simply perform on my mobile or on my browser, right? This is a very simple question, right? And what we launched was a means experience which uh, people can use on WhatsApp. So now customers can just open up their WhatsApp and initiate a claim in less than five minutes. And then they're able to track their claims entirely on Plum. And everything else is just taken care in the backend by Plum. Mm -hmm. No physical document submission, etc. Mm -hmm. So they can just use the phone camera to click photos and then you can read that uh, or the insurance company will read it. Okay. Well, correct, mm -hmm. correct, correct. Mm -hmm. And now over a period of time, we have built a team in-house as well who will read those documents. They will correct those documents if required. They will ask for clarification before it goes to the insurance company so that if it goes to the insurance company, it will get you will get your claims money and you will get 100% of what is eligible. Mm -hmm. so you want to eliminate that wasteful back and forth and take care of it at your end before sending it to the insurance company. Got it. Okay. Then we launched the HR experience, right? Which is the, you've, you've bought the insurance, employees started using the insurance. Now the HR has to manage the insurance, right? There is, especially in a fast growing company, think of an academy, which is, probably adding hundreds of employees every week, they have to get covered as soon as they join the company, right? This process was a very manual process before Plum. The companies were expected to send an Excel sheet on the 30th of every month. Even if someone has joined on 1st of December, they would send that data on 30th of December. And then someone will check their email on the insurance company side, look at that Excel sheet, and uh, upload that Excel sheet on some internal system. And two weeks later, that person will get enrolled. So imagine person who's joined on 1st of December might get enrolled on 15th of January. Right now, the company's system has evolved to using all kinds of HRMS and payroll systems. Our question was, hey, is there a way we can just get data from your HRMS system and enroll people automatically as soon as you add someone in your HRMS or your as soon as you set up an email for that person, right? We'll just get the data. If there is some data missing, it will automatically send a form to the employee to fill the missing data. And we will collect all of that and it will automatically flow to the insurance company through the APIs. Though you don't have to wait for any Excels to be sent, which can be missed out. You don't have to wait till end of the month to do the enrollment. Everything happens in real time and automatically with the consent of the employee. Hmm, hmm, hmm. Right. Okay. Uh, so which all uh, apps have you integrated with to get that data? Yeah. So uh, right now, the most common HRMS apps that we see in our segment are the likes of Darwin Box, Razorpay, X Payroll, uh, 
and there are some integrations that are on the way like the KKHR and Google mm-hmm. Suite itself. Okay, okay, okay. Got it. Okay. Okay. So this uh, takes care of enrollment for uh, the HR manager. Got okay. It. And uh, even the exit also is managed through this because that system knows who's getting, like who's leaving. Hmm. Correct, correct, correct. You were saying there are other things, right? Yeah, so that's just one of the features that HRs require, right? And HRs require multiple other features or understanding how people are using the insurance, what kind of experience their employees, what are they using outside insurance? Because Plum as a platform is not just insurance. Plum as a platform is a dire health care for the employees. Uh, We have a team of doctors that are available 24-7 to the employees for teleconsultations. We run wellness sessions every week. We offer dental checkups and vision checkups to the employees. So when companies are coming to Plum, they are now setting up a suite of healthcare for their employees. And now the HR also wants to understand how people are using each of these benefits so that they can evolve these benefits over a period of time, right? So now we have launched some of the usage features as well. And it's all evolving. I would say, whatever I'm saying, think of this as the V1 of multiple versions that we will launch. We are probably, in terms of what we imagine the future to be, we are not more than 1% there in terms of our product development. There is so much that can be done in this space of helping organizations get the right kind of healthcare and manage the right kind of healthcare and helping employees and their families stay healthy and get the right kind of access to healthcare when they're needed. There's so much to be done in that space that we have barely scratched the surface. So this health benefit part of it. So one part of your business is pure insurance, which is working with partners. The other part, which you just told me is like health benefits, like fitness and wellness uh, related stuff. So uh, who, who pays for that expense? Like so some of that is uh, part of being a member of Plum. So for example, doctor consultations and some of the checkups that I talked about, you get it just because you're a member of Plum and it's baked into our business model itself. Some of these benefits like uh, annual health checkup that employees will do, those are paid benefits that corporates upgrade to or they buy a more sophisticated premium offering or something when they are Mm. coming to plum so it's a mix Mm. 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 okay and companies can choose like these employees under premium plan these employees under basic plan and so on okay 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 but but what uh, drove this uh, adding this benefits portion was it like customer demand or like yeah it's uh, yeah more it was more it started because of the customer demand when we started Plum, we thought about this as just a health insurance platform and uh, all our customers started coming to us that hey, you want to do more than health insurance. But I think as we started talking to customers and a lot of what we do is just driven by customers. Okay. Uh, do you also plan to like plug in, uh, you know, this space of health benefit uh, for corporates is where there are a lot of startups who are creating like say, you know, mental wellness or chronic disease management, where they are also targeting corporates because that's like a way to onboard large number of customers in one go. So are you planning to like plug them in and also offer those as additional offerings? 
We do, we do. That's a great point. So the way we think of Plum is we are building access to healthcare, which means we don't have to really solve each and every components of healthcare from the scratch. What we have to build is piping to the right quality of healthcare. So what we do a lot, right, and which includes health insurance as well. What we have done is we have brought the right kind of health insurance provider on our platform. And now we are making it accessible to every organization in India. It extends to the healthcare and health benefits as well, where we already have mental wellness partners and a lot of organizations use mental wellness via Plum, but through these partners or some of the other programs that we mentioned, right, which is chronic illness or diabetes management, etc. And the way we think about our future is there will be certain parts of healthcare which are very core to us, which we would choose to build in-house. There will be certain parts of healthcare which may not be core to us or which may be very asset incentive, sorry, asset heavy, where we will choose to partner. Think of diagnostics, right? Uh, lab tests, etc. You know, we built hundreds of labs or thousands of labs across the countries. Very high on investment, right? We'll go ahead and partner with organizations that have done a great job at that. We have already partnered on that, right? And there may be some opportunities for us to as well buy some of these existing solutions and we are open to that as well, right? So we continuously evaluate for everything that we do. We continuously evaluate the build versus buy versus partner as an option and that option can change over a period of time, right? When we started, teleconsultations was a partner for us. Over a period of time, we figured out now it is becoming so core that we moved from the partner to a build decision. Okay. But the doctors are on your payroll or they get paid per consultation like gig workers? like. Yeah, more like gig workers right now. I mean, we have, we have, we have some, some doctors in-house uh, who are Think of them as running the entire show and then to extend the capacity, uh, we have, doc- think of them as doctors on call. I think mm. gig work yeah, is probably yeah. not the right word, but like... Right, 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 got it. Okay, okay, got it. What kind of company would you want to acquire? Like, you know, what would make you say, yeah, I would love to acquire this? Like, what is the sweet word? Like, I, I, like a pure tech play or what, like... Yeah, let me let me put a disclaimer. We are not at a stage of acquiring companies that's probably in the future, not right now. Uh, but when you think of acquisition, right, there are two ways of thinking about acquisition. One is where it helps us enhance our offerings, be it in terms of healthcare or insurance. And number two is it's giving us distribution. In the near future, when I say near future, maybe a year or two years down the line, we'll probably do go after the capability enhancement kind of acquisitions, right? So maybe let's say mental wellness is one of the topics that you talked about, right? Instead of partnering, maybe we go, if we find someone who's really good in terms of the experience that they have built, right? Maybe it makes sense for us to acquire. And maybe five years down the line, when we are so big that now we see exponential growth that can happen through acquisition of distribution, hmm. then we might be open to that as well. Hmm. But this too hmm. too much in the future, not yeah, 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 yeah. Hypothetical, I understand. Yeah. Do uh, uh, and, and the question on what do we look at, right? So I think 
how you are solving a certain problem are you solving it through technology are you solving it through people maybe certain other ways you are solving that problem that we don't care a lot right you may be a very tech heavy or a people heavy i don't care what we care is hey what is the experience that you have built do the customers really love that product that you have built then are you will that actually enhance the customer love that plum already has right if that is true then it makes sense for us to evaluate if that is not true no matter if you are the best technology in the world it doesn't matter Hmm, hmm, hmm. Okay. Are there other companies which are taking this full stack approach? Like, say, I mean, the most well-known name in insurance is say Policy Bazaar. Policy Bazaar wouldn't get involved in claims and all, right? They they are just selling, right? So I I I don't know much for me to comment on it. From what I know, they haven't been involved in claims, but that doesn't mean that they won't do that in the future, right? I mean. Who knows the future of what will happen? Technically, they can, but I don't. I think, as far as I know, right now they are not. Hmm. Is there any other company which is taking this full stack approach of, like, from sales to claims? Yeah, there there are multiple companies that are coming up in this sec. They have come up in this segment. Onsurity, Loop Health, Nova, and they are all doing a fantastic job. And I'm really glad that. Uh, Plum is not the only one that has to move this industry in a certain direction. We have some really good founders and teams that are together moving, pushing the industry in the right direction. And given how large this industry is, we will need multiple of these companies to push the industry in the right direction and to get to that vision. Right, our vision is to have very high adoption of health insurance and. really good access to healthcare for everyone i don't think plum can do it alone right you would need multiple people no no industry can be disrupted by just one single player right you need a whole make things happen so there are companies and they're all all great founders great companies okay so uh, let's talk about the employer or the customer part of it so what is like your uh, sweet spot in terms of employer uh, do you look at like say companies which are operating in high margin spaces like knowledge economy companies or are you agnostic and it could be a manufacturing company also and what is like the average headcount of your customer base and you know stuff like that if you can talk about absolutely so see broadly i would say this is what we are building eventually will be used by companies of all sizes and companies across all industries and companies across different kinds of employees what we are doing is we are just figuring out what is the first segment and then the second and then then the third right it's a it's just a go to market so that we are focused at one segment at a time so when we started plum we started with companies of 10 to 100 employees and who are the early adopters of technology and you would have heard you would have always heard about the adoption curve right there are innovators early adopters late adopters and then the laggards right so you have to always focus on the innovators and then the early adopters of the segment that you are going after then after the first 6 months we started going after 100 to 500 employees companies and we started seeing very good product market fit in that segment now we are seeing success in 500 to 5000 employees companies as well 
A lot of companies in that segment have moved to Plum. And now we are figuring out go-to-market in 5,000 plus employee segment as well. We have done all of this in more innovators and early adopters kind of companies. Now we are thinking about, hey, going after, how do we go after the more traditional organizations as well, right? Right now we are very restricted to modern companies. So now within that 10 to 100 employees, you're also going after the traditional companies and we are in the early phases of that. And then as we figure out, hey, 10 to 100 works in traditional company, we'll scale that 200 to 500 company segment, right? Okay. And how do you acquire customers? Is it purely online ads and all, or is it also like on the ground a sales team? Yeah, so it depends on every segment will have a very different go-to-market. It depends on which segment, right? So if, you, if we go after the tech organizations in the 10 to 100 or 10 to 200 employee kind of segment, they are a lot of online acquisition models, be it content, be it paid ads, be it SEO, etc. that works beautifully and that has scaled for us very, very well. Within the tech, if you go after the larger companies, there it's a very uh, enterprise marketing kind of approach. And we are in the early phases of figuring out a scalable enterprise marketing approach. Now, as we start going after the traditional companies, early days for us to figure out what is that go-to-market that would scale up, right? So we are experimenting with different approaches. We haven't, we don't have any feet on street right now in terms of sales, but we might have to experiment with feet on street sales as well. And how has the user base grown? Like first year, how many employers were using the platform? What is the number currently? Yeah, first year we had close to 100 or 120 companies. Now we are at almost 10x of that. Uh, we have Within a year, we have grown by 10x, uh, be it number of organizations, be it number of people that we have. In, and that's a plan for 2022 as well. We have a roadmap to further grow this by another thousand uh, percent. And we feel comfortable of getting that kind of growth as well. Given It's given the opportunity that we have and the kind of leadership and the team that we have been able to build that I know that this team will be able to scale what is working well, they'll be able to scale that and they'll be able to figure out new go-to markets as well for the next set of growth. And what is the head count, average headcount right now of your base, like employer base? The, av- the average would be around 60, 70 employees. Right? Because a bulk of these customers are still in that 10 to 100 employees. But if you get one company of 5,000 employees, they'll be equal to... 50 customers that you would have had in the SME segment. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, the big companies will move the needle significantly. Yeah, so average will always be very skewed towards the larger customer base that you have, right? Okay. So, like, how much do you earn? Like, what is the revenue metrics like like is it a, a percentage of uh, the premium paid which i am assuming would stay with you and some i mean you would share with the insurance company right like in the premium that's correct that's correct so see with respect to insurance it's a very regulated business and we operate we have a license from iida to distribute insurance and we have to follow the iida regulations in terms of what is the possible brokerage or commission that insurance company can share 
with a partner like Plum. So we follow every product has a different regulation. For example, health insurance will have a different number versus a life insurance versus an accident insurance. So every product has a different number and we just follow whatever is in the regulation and get that kind of... Um, but typically, it's what, single-digit percentage? It's a single-digit percentage, yes. Okay. Uh, you're selling uh, life insurance also? The range of health insurance regulation is 7.5%. Life insurance is 5%. Accident insurance is another 7.5%. So, these are all these are all public numbers when mm, it comes right. to Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And w- what is like the average premium amount per employee? The average premium amount per employee will be around six and a half, seven thousand. So think of yeah, think of Plum making ten dollars per year for employees. Right, right. Got it. Okay. Got it. Okay. So uh, I want to understand the role of tech and data in your business. Do you also support in underwriting for the insurance company or is that something that purely they do? You know, like like help me understand what is the role of tech and data in this? Yeah, no, so this is a business. See, when you whenever you're building insurance, you have to even if you're not an underwriter on paper or on the books of the regulator, you have to build underwriting as a function at the heart of it because that's the that's one of the advantages or differentiations that you can build. And we we do that a lot, right? So we actually when we launched this product, says hey, now you can insure 10 or more people, right? It was backed by some of our understanding of how underwriting can be different, how fraud check can be different, right? And this was our input to the insurance companies, which they agreed to, to experiment. And then they started seeing good results in terms of pricing and underwriting profits. And then they said, yeah, let's do it for a sustainable period of time, right? So, Business started with an understanding of underwriting and how underwriting could be different from what these companies have been doing for decades. And we have to be at the forefront of innovating on the underwriting and fraud checks, etc. to keep opening up newer segments, to keep opening up newer products, to keep improving the price for this industry. So that's 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 our bread and butter, if you if you ask for it. But Whenever we have to do something, we have to, we collect the data, we do our own analysis, but then we have to go to our insurance partner and say, hey, this is what we have realized. You want to experiment with us. And then they are the eventual decision makers because they are the end of the day, they are the underwriters on paper. Okay, okay. So your underwriting functions goal is essentially to make doing business with you more profitable for the insurance company. Correct. So two two goals, right? We have to do underwriting to open up market to more number of customers. And give me an example of this. Like, give me an example of this. Like, how how can you open up market by doing underwriting in house? Like, yeah. So the, the the first example that we talked about, right? Which is the market was restricted to fifty or more members. We said, hey, now open it up to ten or more members, right? Or the market said, hey, we want go to some insurance company said hey we won't go to tier two cities because we don't know how the underwriting works we said hey we will go and underwrite we'll figure out the underwriting model for that city right so now you've opened up that city for example or 
some insurance company said, hey, we don't want to underwrite an insurance cover for more than 5 lakh per family. We said, hey, we'll figure out it underwriting for 10 lakh or 20 lakh, right? Because there were customers who said, hey, 5 lakh doesn't mean anything, right? We want to start with a 10 lakh kind of cover. So those are examples of how you can use underwriting to open up newer markets. Uh, how does underwriting happen? What is the, like say, you know, if an insurance company was comfortable till 5 lakhs and you push them to do 10 lakhs through your in-house underwriting function, what 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 was the data that they crunched and, you know, what did they present then? So let's say you find out, I'm giving a very hypothetical example, out of 100 claims, two claims go beyond 5 lakhs and uh, each of these claims are two and a half lakh each. Right? They were all seven and a half lakh claims. So basically, if you go, have to go from five lakh to ten lakh, some insured, you will essentially that the pro, the s based on past experience, we know that you will have a five lakh additional outgo from a claims perspective on these hundred claims. Right. So now, for us to go from a five lakh to ten lakh, some insured, we don't have to charge a two x pricing in terms of premium. We have to just account for that 5 lakh additional outgo that I'm expecting. Mm -hmm. Right, 5 lakh divided by 100 would give you the additional costing for that risk. Mm. So I I guess uh, insurance is essentially a business of being able to price risk well. And as you get more and more data, which gives you that intelligence to price risk, wouldn't it make sense for you to become an insurance company yourself? Because you would be able to price that risk much better than any of your insurance partners because you would have that data across multiple partners. And Yeah, there is, there is. So, so, I mean, that's one of the future possibilities to take, which is we can, and this is again in that going back to the same logic of build versus buy versus partner, right? We're taking approach of partner and from a, from an insurance perspective, what you're asking is, hey, does it make sense to do a build or buy when it comes to insurance, right? And that is a possibility. I think we'll keep reevaluating that decision of partner. And if we, at a certain point of time, think that, hey, there is more profit pool and a larger strategic reason to do a build or buy in this, mm-hmm. we are open mm-hmm. to that. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Because you have distribution and as you get pricing, then, you know, it probably is a logical uh, journey. Mm. Okay, got it, got it, okay. And tell me about the funding journey so far. Yeah, so we we have been very, very privileged to have some really good investors uh, who backed us. Uh, our very first investor was Incubate Fund. And uh, that happened when we were in the very early thought process of solving this problem. Okay, when you were still meeting employers and asking them, do you need this? Yeah, correct, correct. We hadn't even started building the product. And now, who is one of the partners at Incubate Fund, he understood the space and he knew the problem that we were solving and he was ready to bet on us, even helping. Then the second one was with uh, Sequoia and Tanglin. Sequoia was the Sequoia search program. And that happened in a very inbound manner. We were in our build up and our scale up journey and a lot of Sequoia companies had started using Plum and I think that's how they started seeing or hearing about Plum and again very very privileged to have 
folks like Ashish, Shailendra and Rajan who have been excellent mentors for us in this journey and then Sankalp and Ravi from Tangland, really, really good set of investors who have been helping us in that journey. And then the third one was with Tiger Global and all our existing investors who participated. Again, it was all, it, this was also inbound when we were not doing any raise. And again, because of two reasons, they understood this market and had a very strong thesis on this space. And because they had heard about plums from a lot of their portfolio. portfolio. Right, right, right. Yeah, that portfolio company effect is massive. Like, I mean, you're solving a problem for them. They would obviously want to talk about how you're solving it. And that, that last fund raise was, I think, 15.6 million, right? The... Correct, correct, correct. Okay, okay. And so what what do you think, you know, where do you see Plum by 2025? Like, what's the vision or the roadmap? Yeah, so, I mean, the, the, the first milestone that we all talk about internally is within our five years of existence, which is by end of 2024, we should serve at least 10 million members. And when I say serve, they should have a high quality health insurance and access to healthcare via Plum. So that's the very first milestone that we are tracking. And this is not just about the numbers, right? It's also about the quality of experience that these 10 million people get. And the metric that we also track is the NPS, the Net Promoter Score. And one of the most important Net Promoter Score NPS is the claims NPS, because that's the most, that's a moment of truth. That's the, it's when rubber hits the road, because in the business of insurance, it's easy to get customers. It's easier to sell versus provide them with the experience when they're in emergency. And our metric there is we have to stay above our claims NPS of 80. We are in that ballpark. We keep fluctuating at 79, between 70 to 80. And our goal is to be at that level or exceed the claims NPS of 80. That means it will be a sustainable growth, right? Otherwise, we'll just have numbers for the sake of numbers, but we are not really following or providing a great experience. So the way we want to build this company is it's a company that is scaling up, but it's also scaling up in a sustainable way and actually solving some of the core problems. If you like the Founder Thesis podcast, then do check out our other shows on subjects like marketing, technology, career advice, books, and drama. Visit thepodium.in, that is T-H-E-P-O-D-I-U-N dot I-N for a complete list of all our shows. Before we end the episode, I want to share a bit about my journey as a podcaster. I started podcasting in 2020, and in the last two years, I've had the opportunity to interview more than 250 founders who are shaping India's future across sectors. If you also want to speak to the best minds in your field and build an enviable network, then you must consider becoming a podcaster. And the first step to becoming a podcaster starts with Zencaster, which takes care of all the nuts and bolts of podcasting, from remote recording to editing to distribution and finally monetization. If you are planning to check out the platform, then please show your support for the Founder Thesis podcast by using this link, zen.ai slash founder thesis. That's zen.ai slash founder thesis.